What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dars Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. This is our like 14th take doing it, it feels like at this point. So let's hope it works this time. Kurt Kitayama winning his first tournament. It was wild. He held off the cavalry. Jack, what did you think of the week? Well, I'll be honest. I was a little disappointed not to see a 16-man playoff after uh, all that golf. It was an awesome tournament. Shout out to Kurt Kitayama. Don't know how that putt didn't fall into the 72nd hole. It was a little... God, it was pretty comical to see him mark that, to be honest, but I get yes. it's your first when you got to experience that tap and feeling, uh, but it was awesome. This, the whole point of these elevated events, you saw Rory Harris, English, Terrell Hatton, Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantlay, Jordan Spieth, Keegan Bradley, Victor Hovland, Cameron Young, Jason day, all in the top 10. That's yeah. the point of this. It was awesome to watch. Um, and you can go even to top 15. You had like Max Homa, included justin thomas sung jm 21st tony fino 24th that's the point of these events yeah it was it was a it was a super loaded top 10 i love looking at the the top of the leaderboard and seeing so many names a little strange that the most not unknown because i think if you follow golf well enough you know kurt kitayama but the the least well known of the names at the top of the leaderboard was the one that managed to pull it out um personally i would have loved to have seen rory or hatton or hovland uh win it because that would have made me a little bit more money but uh you know they don't always fall that way and sometimes you just got to deal with whatever whatever was dealt for you um in terms of surprises what do you what do you think was the weirdest thing of the week because for me it was probably rom i think everybody everybody just assumes that rom was going to crush it this week and he didn't yeah it was interesting because on thursday i think his odds to win were like minus 200 it was like he played lights out he played what he's supposed to and then Something I don't know if he was just off because like last year at this time he was off, but he was finishing 12th place, so it wasn't necessarily off. But yeah. it just I don't know. I'd have to take a look and watch it a lot more closely, but it just looked like nothing was clicking. He'd have a good drive and then he'd have a second shot just off the green, put himself in these uncomfortable positions. It just didn't look like he got that momentum that some other golfers were. And that's the beauty of Bay Hill. Yeah, I agree. He just looked uncomfortable. Uh, and it was unfortunate to see. I, I, I'm sure he heard a lot of people's lineups on, that he was absolutely overloaded on. I hope he didn't go on Twitter after that Friday round. Uh, yeah, that was that was probably a rough one. Um, do you want to get into into DK and FanDuel, or, or do you do you have any other thoughts on, on specific guys for the week? No, yeah, it was disappointing. There were a couple guys that obviously missed the cut line um, that we'll get into, like, you know, Colin Morikawa. Yep. Um, some of these big names did miss the cut. You know, obviously some people are going to be expected that we'll get into. But um, also shout out the amateur. Um, Ludwig, he finished, I think, top 24 from Texas A&M. Yep. Zero FedEx Cup points, zero dollars. That's the harsh reality of amateur golf. But that experience will be few and far between anything excelling that. So congratulations to him. With with the NIL deal, he still doesn't like he doesn't get any money on that stuff. He's Amateurs make zero dollars. Oh. NIL is not the PGA Tour is differently, so he can technically classify himself as a professional, but he'd have to probably go through a bunch of different ranks because I don't think a tied twenty fourth is going to get you solidary. Um, yeah, no, and shout out to Akshay Bhatia, just got his um, exemption PGA Tour card this weekend, and then shout out Nico for winning on the Puerto Rican Open. So awesome stuff there too. Yeah, uh, that was. Yeah, I, it was great to see Ludwig play well from Texas Tech. Uh, do you want to get into uh, to lineups? Are you cool if I start on DraftKings? Go for it. So DraftKings for me was extremely weird this week. I made money in the single entry lineups, but my double ups were so heavily loaded with good players. I didn't make money in double ups, but I made money in single entries, which is extremely difficult to do to anybody that's ever played that version of DFS. But I managed to pull it off. Uh, I'm going to start up top. I had Rory, who finished T2. I had Sungjae, who finished T21. Jason Day, who finished T10. Terrell Hatton, who finished T4. Uh, Christian Bezwedenhout missed the cut. And then Ben Taylor, I think, shot plus six on Sunday to shoot T53. Uh, if Ben Taylor pops off and stays up there in the top 15 or 20, like he was there at one point on Saturday, then I'm probably quadrupling my money. Uh, whereas I barely snuck into money on, on, on the other front. And I'll shop into my DraftKings really quick. One in both 50 fifties and single entries, Scotty Scheffler tied for fourth Max Homa tied 14th Keegan Bradley tied for 10th Thomas Dietrich 24th 
Seamus Power cracked the cut at 72. And then Brian Harmon in dead last place outside of a withdrawal and a disqualification. <laughs> uh-huh. You heard that right. So we wanted both on that. That was clutch. And then FanDuel, I had a little similar of a lineup. Scotty, top four. Sung JM, 21st. Keegan Bradley, top 10. Ricky Fowler, top 31. Robbie Shelton tied for 39th. And then obviously Colin Morikawa just shockingly missed the cut. But that was a 50-50 win and not single entry, which I had three people tied 21st or better. But I guess it's how it rolls. Yeah, it it happens, unfortunately. Uh, my FanDuel, uh, I won on... I think I won on 50 fifties, not in single entry. I was like the 49th out of a hundred person on, on 50 fifties, but a win's a win. doesn't have to get fancy. Um, I started up top with Rory McElroy again, finished T2. Uh, Will Zal Torres really struggled on the weekends. He was T53. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. That was kind of a lucky one. I know that the injury scared a lot of people off of him. I mean, almost scared me off of him. And I, he finished T14. Okay. Uh, Sung JM finished T21. Christian Bezwiedenhout missed the cut. And then Zach Johnson uh, at 7,800. He finished T68. I think he also shot like plus six, plus seven on Sunday. If you're getting Uh, a cut out of your sixth guy, call it a day. I think I've gotten cuts on like four of my last five sixth guy in my lineup. So I need to keep trusting that sixth guy and make sure that I, that I stick with them in the lineups. Cause they're, they've been making cuts for me and that's all I really ever need from them. Make a lineup out of your six guys. <laughs> I guess. Dang. Uh, all right. You want to get into bets? I do. Of course I do. So Scotty Scheffler tied or excuse me, top 20 finished at fourth. That's a win. Max Homa top 20 finished at 14th. That's a win. Xander Shoffley top 20 finished at 39th. That was a loss. Jason Day top 20 plus 185. That was a top 10. That was a win. Um, Jason Day top Australian was a win. Uh, Will Zalatoris top 20. That was a little bit of a stretch. Screwed myself on that one. I got a little bit greedy. That was a loss. We were up 4.1 units on that week to be up a total of 18.75 in 2023. There you go. Uh, Do you want to do extra bets or do you want me to do mine? Sure. I'll jump into it. Um, one was Colin Morikawa tied for 20th. I liked the number. I saw you had bet him. I got cocky. I screwed us because we squad rode. Yeah. That was a loss. I had Tommy Flo, Tommy Fleetwood top 40. That was also a loss. Keegan Bradley top 40 was plus or minus 100, and he finished like 10th. So that was awesome. Yeah. That was a win. Thomas Dietrich top 40. Everyone said it couldn't be done. I trusted the man. Plus 165 for top 40. That's a win. Um, for some reason, my total's not coming up, but we're up 0.65 units. On that week, let me go back to the total. So we're up 29.35 units on extra bets in like the last month and a half. There you go. Uh, when Jack says he he bet Thomas Dietrich against everybody's odds, he's talking about me. I was the one that was worried about betting Thomas Dietrich. So, so it's a fair play. Uh, but I was, I was a little worried about Dietrich last week, but he pulled it off. Um, so my bets, my bets are a little all across the board. Um, again, we squad road Colin Morikawa plus 100 for top 20. He lost it. It happens. Um, I'm not really worried about it going forward. I'm sure I'll have him back in my, uh, my bets. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, my second bet was Matt Fitzpatrick top 20 at plus 155. Uh, that was a really nice win to see. Um, uh, my third bet was Sung JM top 20 at plus 140. He finished T21. Like he just he double bogeyed seventeen on Sunday. All the guy had to do was just finish out with like pars, but nope, couldn't do it. Um, so unfortunately, I lost half a unit. So I'm now at negative two point seven four. Um, so I think I've lost the last three weeks, and I've only gone down what one point three units total. Even yeah. Though even though I've lost three weeks in a row betting. Hey, again, uh, I need to preface this. I need to preface <laughs> this because. I know there's people that just from coming in from Twitter or whatnot that say this guy's 2.74 units down. Why would I listen to him? Yeah. He's one. If you subtract the first two weeks where you got like aggressive as everything in the world. Yeah. You're up like 11 units in the last month and a half, two months. So just let me preface that the number looks bad. It was a lot freaking worse at the beginning. Cause he went aggressive. He was doing like, yeah, I think Colin Morikawa is going to make six Eagles plus 4,500. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, I think one of my bets was like plus 650. And you finally were like, yeah, Liam, you need to you need to take a breather. 
Um, to be fair, again, my bets have always kind of been the worst part of my of my lineups. But if you go to my winners, if you go to my DFS lineups, that's a little bit more where I kind of strike gold. Uh, I'm going to loop right into it because I had two guys, two winners picks who were both top 10. Uh, Terrell Hatton was T4 and then Victor Hovland, I think, was second at one point on like the 16th tee. And then he fell apart Chunked on those it. last three holes. Chunked it right in the water. Yeah. So then he finished T10. But still. Two top tens in an elevated field. You're thrilled on that. Jack, how'd you do on your winners? Well, I had Keegan Bradley top 10 and that's, I had Colin yeah. Morikawa missed the cut. Um, what I did one. was funny enough. I know this is obviously not related to the podcast, but I threw a, a couple bucks on Keegan Bradley to win it all. And after he was like solo fourth after Thursday, I just cashed that out, made like <laughs> six times my money and called it a day. And then I think Friday he shot like 11 over. So I was like, awesome. There you go. It's the way to do it. Uh, for wild picks, did you win any wild picks? Oh yeah, you did. Go for you. Go first. Absolutely. So we had Keegan Bradley top twenty at plus two eighty. Would have loved to remember his top ten numbers, but yeah. that was a winner um, plus two point eight units right there. With Ricky Fowler top twenty plus two ninety, he finished thirty first. Although it was in it for a large majority of the tournament. And then we had Min Woo Lee top twenty plus three seventy five. He missed the cut and he looked like he was playing left-handed as a righty. He might've been playing um, volleyball or something for all we know. It was just not a good look. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Hey, they all still did better than my guys. I had Will Zeltor's top 10. Uh, he finished T 53 and I had Christian Bezweden how top 20 He missed the cut. So neither of my wild picks really did anything too, too monumental this week to, to garnish any notice. Anything else you want to get to uh, the players? Uh, well, I love the players. Players, one of my favorite events of the year. Shout out Arnold Palmer. Rest in peace. Your legacy lives on forever. If you're ever out in Iowa, go play the Arnold Palmer course. It's called the Tournament Club of Iowa. Go play it. Uh, but on that note, I'm ready to get in the players. I already got my players jacket on. I have stories to tell and I'm ready to go. Yeah, Jack, you were uh, you were at this or well, you were supposed to be at this event in 2020, right? We, my girlfriend and I were in an Uber on the way to the course when they shut it down for COVID. Yeah. They said, we're not allowing anybody in. Nobody comes in. We can't scan your ticket no matter the day. Apologies, you know, blah, blah, blah. We got our money back or whatnot. My one regret is going, hey, I know no one's going to be out there for the next three days. Can I come out and play? <laughs> That's my one regret. But we were on the way there when it shut down. Got to, got to play those Sunday pin positions then, and you know can't hurt to ask. So yeah, J Jack's got some firsthand experience going to the going to the players with his partner. Uh, a little bit about this course: uh, it's par seventy two, totaling seven thousand, about seventy one eighty, seventy two hundred. It, it plays anywhere within that range. Uh, last year's winner, Cam Smith, uh, he's not going back to back. I can tell you that. But he might be there. What? He apparently he's going to watch the tournament and be in attendance as a fan. Okay, Cam Smith, you do you do you, buddy. Go talk to Jay Monahan afterwards and, and put your tail between your legs, try and get back on tour. Um, so if you remember this event last year, and this again is my personal opinion, it was extremely weather dependent last year. Um, most of the the DFS and the bets were really based on which wave of players you had on Thursday and Friday. Um, one wave, I think, had a predominant amount of players miss the cut, and the other wave had a predominant amount of players make the cut. So if you hit the right wave, you probably made money. If you hit the wrong wave, then you probably tanked your, your entire week. Uh, course history here doesn't really mean a ton. Uh, again, wind and weather is more of a factor, um, as well as the fact that maybe you want to look into Pete Dye-specific history as opposed to just course history um anybody that plays well on pete die specific courses or the, maybe those comparison courses are a little closer to look at uh the last 15 winners here have had a t25 or better uh at this course before their win so that's always kind of nice you want somebody that's at least played decent here one year uh this is kind of a long stat but give me a second it gets through it so uh strokes gain t to green ball striking par four bogeys avoid Birdies are better gained, approach, and short game. Now, I gave you a lot of things right there. I don't anticipate you to know them all. There's 10 total players that are at least average in all of those categories. John Rahm, Tony Finau, Xander Shoffley, Rory McIlroy, Patrick Cantlay, Sung J M, Jason Day, Ben Griffin, 
Terrell Haddon, and Tom Kent. So if you want to look at guys that are just all around great players, start with those 10 and loop your the rest of your lineups around them for a field like this. Because again, you'll need all of those on this kind of a course. Um, the other guy, the only guy that sticks out to me in terms of a weird thing is Xander Shoffley. He finished second here his first time here four years ago. And outside of that has missed the cut his other three times here. I'm just avoiding him because of the fact that it's such a stacked field. I know I said I'm not looking into course history, but like when I'm in this high 9K, almost 10K range. You're looking at a separator. And I'm looking at a separator. I don't mind looking at course history because I'm going to be honest. I like the guy directly below him just as well, much. Well, we'll get into that in a minute. But no we'll spoilers. get into it. Uh, all right. And that's all I have for my notes, Jack. Anything you got or do you want to get right into the uh, to the DraftKings? No, it's going to be fun to watch. I got nothing to add because I'm excited. There you go. Uh, we'll loop together those first four guys, right? 11 and 10K. Yeah, so it's John Rom, Roy McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, and Xander Shoffley. I think the one guy that I have the most confidence in is Scotty Scheffler. Yep. He is, again, number one in bogey avoidance. His worst finish since, like, November of last year is 12th at the Genesis. He's proven time and 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 time again that he is going to be the number one player, at least the number one player caliber in the world. Um, I think Rory, with that showing, he was the first time that I had seen that metal, you know, floor to the wall, or excuse me, the floor pedal to the metal. Yes. Can't talk today. Um, Where we saw it, because, you know, 29th at the Genesis, 32nd at the Waste Management, isn't enough for me to jump at 11,100. It's great to see, but um, Scotty's just proven it time and time again. And then Rom was very confusing because, you know, in golf, it's one of those things where he might be mentally, he might be on the range right now as we're talking, trying to figure out what the heck is going on with his swing. So I just think if you're going to go that high, you can save $1,200 skipping Rom and Rory and going to Scotty. And you again, like you had said earlier, a lot of DFS comes down to a shot in the dark fifth and sixth guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think these two, the two guys you want in this, in this top range is either Rory or Scotty. Um, I do think Scotty, you'll get a decent amount of ownership this week. I think Rory won't be that highly owned um, just personally. Cause I think there's going to be a lot of, I think the players is going to get a little more action in DFS than a normal golf week. Cause people are going to hear it and be like, Oh, I major, this is a fifth major. Like I'll, I'll play a golf DFS this week. Sure. And they'll see John Rahm and they'll be like, yeah, I'll do this. Or they'll say, they'll see Scotty Scheffler and they'll be like, oh, he's won a ton in the last year. Like I'll throw him in. I saw him on Conan O'Brien or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I saw him on Conan or one of those. And not that Rory isn't just as well-known, if not more well-known than those guys, but he's been like quietly a, the third best golfer of the three of these guys, technically. Technically, um, yeah. Technically, if you want to get real fancy. So I don't hate going to Rory because I think he's, for whatever reason, going to get skipped up in this range. Um, so I, but yeah, Rory or Scotty, whichever works best in terms of your lineups. But, but I think neither of those two are wrong options. Yeah. I just, Xander Shoffley, listen, I actually, I don't hate him or dislike him. I know hate's a strong term. We're talking about more so about price point. We talk about Xander. This is just DFS. We're talking about a guy. He's kind of do fine. It's Xander Shoffley. If you're taking a look at just $600 more, you're talking about a guy nine for nine on cuts and six of those are top tens. And the ones that weren't top tens were a 12th and an 11th. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous what this guy's doing. So if you can afford to go $600 up, you do it. Otherwise I like the guy a hundred dollars below him a little more. <laughs> you, you and me both. Uh, we'll go right into the nine K range up top. We have max Homa at 9,900 on the bottom at nine K flat. We have sung J M talk to me, Jack, who do you like? Well, number one, Max Homa, he is a, and this is going to be a little bit controversial and I understand what I'm saying. I'm just strictly talking about golf. He is a boring golfer. Now I'm a golf nerd and I will watch his game relentlessly and be so excited. But just in terms of what he does, it's boring. It's I'm going to get to the fairway, get to the number I want, get it to a spot. And he's going to continue to do that and prove time and time again, that he's just awesome um, he is just incredible. He's on a tear. He's having a career year. He's going to win a couple million dollars from the players incentive program. He's awesome. Justin Thomas is, I think is going to be a little bit slept on this week. Yep. Um, outside of the CJ couple, where we really saw him struggle. He has, um, I think every finish inside that's been top 25. So he's been killing it since October. 
Do you remember um, 20... the last time we slept on Justin Thomas too? Was it was at Waste Management? He finished fourth. Just to clarify, he I'd always plays better when people Thomas. don't love him. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, on that transition topic of the decade, I also like Tony Finau. I think a lot, a lot, a lot, including us, quote unquote, professionals. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are sleeping on Tony Finau, um, just because he hasn't won um, outside of the Cadence Bank. But you take a look at his finishes. Since his win in October, his worst finish is a 20th. So you're taking a guy at 9,200. He's um, just he, half of his starts are top 10s and yep. almost 100% of his starts are top 20s. That's a great odds pick right there. Can't lay. I, I get he, he fits the metric and his last two finishes were top five. I just don't understand. I can't get there. Can't lay being the sixth priced guy in the entire field is, is, is scary. Because he has the volatility that I don't love. And, and this is more personal bias with Cantley. When I just bet the guy, he fucking tanks my lineups every week. I don't know why I understand he's like a top 15 golfer on tour right now. Totally understand. And, and deservedly, sure, that's the worst and, part. Yeah, and I'm sure it's deserved, and I'm sure he wins everybody else so much money. But every time I bet Cantley or I put him in a DFS lineup, I am shitting bricks all professional betters know that if you've played golf or bet or excuse me bet a sport long enough you've eventually made a do not bet list they've screwed you over a couple times whether it be in it's the last leg of your parlay or you've been hot for a night comes down to that guy and that right 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 now it's going to change um but it's right now i know we always say we want to see one more after the third we want to make sure you do it again and he said back to back yeah, this metric and this course fits what he is all about getting to a certain number and his wedge play is phenomenal. It, I don't it, know. Maybe it's a mental block for me. I do think part of it too, is that there's going to be an expectation that he's going to do well this week. And when we have high expectations of Patrick Cantlay, he doesn't deliver. It is, it, it is an unofficial major. So if there's any controversial yeah. major finishes there, then that's another indicator. Yeah. Other than Patrick Cantlay, you can give me any of the other five guys in this range. I mean, Homa, elite ball striker and a great iron player. He's been crushing it all week. I was off him last week because I was like, you know what? It's first week in Florida. Who knows? Like, let's just see him have it. He fucking has it still. So I'm going back. I'm going back to Homa. He's going to play great this week. I'm all over it like a bad smell. Uh, Colin Morikawa, he's got the elite approach play. I know somebody's going to be scared because, oh, well, he missed the cut last week. It doesn't matter. He's one of the best iron players, arguably the best in the, in the field this week. I know somebody's going to sit there on Twitter and be a troll and be like, be like, well, technically speaking, According in the last the 12 on, rounds, you know, yeah. eh. but no, here. Colin Morikawa is an, an elite ball striker for sure. Um, I love Justin Thomas this week. I, I was working with Jack trying to get him into my lineup so, just so that way I could get as many high guys as I could in this lineup. I agree. Tony Finau, I mean, secretly, and quietly finishing no worse than T20. And even Sung Jay, like his off weeks are like, oh shoot, he only finished T21 last week. Like, darn, he fell apart. Like he didn't finish well. And it was like, he's still a T20. So you take those any day of the week. So again, anybody outside of Cantley in this range, I'm all aboard on. But again, I'm not hating Cantley. Like if, if I have an opportunity, again, uh, you don't see all the lineups. You don't see the bets I do. I'm probably going to have Cantlay in like three of them. So, um, you know, you got to spread it out. But I don't hate any of the guys. I, I legitimately, I know this is terrible. There's not a guy that I am fading up until you get to the 8K range. I'm all ears. Who are you starting with? All right, well, let's just kick it off. It's Will, or excuse me, Victor Hovland at 8,900. And then it gets all the way down to Jason Day at 8K. Yep. Controversial. Tom Kim. You're fading Tom Kim? Listen. Here's the thing for the price point, 8,100, his last three finishes, 50, 45, and 34. His putter has just looked just not it. Yeah. He's obviously one of the best ball strikers in the world. And you take a look at metrics. And again, he has the, I'm not saying he doesn't have the skill to go win this thing. Wouldn't surprise me if he quote unquote did. But just taking a look at his last three performances, you pair that with a guy. Uh, below him, Jason Day, who's having one of his career years. Just above that, Shane Lowry has just amazing course history here. Terrell Hatton above that. Yep. I just don't – I don't have the guts to go 8,100 for that price point. I am all in on this guy. Uh, so so it, it it would make sense that this would be a good Tom Kim week, all right? It's a shorter course. He, he can play it well. Not that he's a short hitter 
and and I've gone over this with Tom Kim in the past. He's technically based on PGA Tour standards, not a long driver of the golf ball. But it 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 doesn't matter because he's won on shorter courses before. So it shouldn't be a problem. And he's got great iron play, and everything about this week should work for him. But it's it's the parody for me that that everybody anticipates Tom Kim to do so great this week. You know, I'm almost fading him just because I I hear so much hype surrounding him this week. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if you guys are going to follow me along on this one, but I I don't like following along on this Tom Kim play this week. Yeah, I 100% agree. And a lot of people that maybe are new to the DFS, DFS scene, if you take a look and you actually look after even this week or look at last week, take a look at the own percentages compared to the 150th place to the 10th place. You're going to see these guys have a lot of players that might be a separator, 20% owned or less, where you might see, like you had talked about earlier, John Rahm, if you don't play, might be like 35% owned, whereas you might get to Hideki Matsuyama, who has been pretty quiet the last couple of weeks. He might be under 20 or under 15% owned, and if he pulls out you know, a top 10 finish, his score or the person that used him score is going to elevate. Yeah, definitely. Um so in terms in terms of this 8K range, I think there's a few different landmines, but what do you think? And then I'll get into the ones uh, on my end. Are you asking what I think a landmine is or who I like? Well, uh, both. I mean, who you like or who you're avoiding. I think we both agree Tom Kim could be a landmine for us, uh, but who else are you kind of looking towards or, or trying to avoid this week? I am definitely high on two people. One is Terrell Hatton. Yep. He's been just absolutely phenomenal. We can say everything about his putter. As long as his head stays level, he's good. Yep. But it's Jason Day. Oh, I yes. Mean, it's, honestly, just in the calendar 2023 year, his worst finish is 18th. And if you take a look at the events he's played, Amex, Farmers, Waste Management, Genesis, and API, those are the five biggest events we've had this year. Yep. And he's finished top 20 in all of them. Lock it in. Tom Kim and my other kind of a fade is Jordan Spieth. Um, he had a lower back injury. It's been reported. He's not talking about it. So I think it's a bigger issue than he might be leading on to be. Um, I just, after watching that, if he comes in healthy, like he did Sunday, he gets a nice sleep in a hotel bed and some masseuse comes in and gives him some treatment in the morning. We might see four fifty nines in a row. Like that guy's putter was remarkable, yeah. but he just, he looked hurt. He looked like it was in his head, especially that back nine. Um, and that carries over. It's a quick turnaround. So I just, again, and I'm not saying that I don't trust him because he just finished fourth and six, two weeks ago at the waste man or two events ago at the waste management. I just, I don't know. Injuries scare me, especially when it's the first week back. Yeah, I agree. Um, so there's, there's a few things. Normally I'm all aboard Zal Torres. Um, I don't know if this is the week. Usually the guy that wins here wins at about what? 15 ish under give or give or take four or five strokes. Um, so this is not a kind of kind of contest that you're going to win at six under, um, which is really kind of Will Zell Torres's cup of tea. And and again, the, the, the injury versus the not injury versus the healthy. It, I keep hearing that he's got like a flare up now. It's just it's just a lot of weirdness. Uh, it, it's like Cantlay, but I'm more willing to go back to Zell Torres sooner. I just want to I just want to wait on him and see what's kind of going on. Hovland, don't hate it if you want to get to him. I would personally just try and get up to, to Sung Jay or Finau at that point and, and get into the 9K range. Um, I agree. I think Jordan Spieth is 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 so boom bust. He's either going to shoot 59 or or 80. Um, but I think my two big plays and and Hatton kind of being the third, Jason Day is one. Uh, they looked at Jason Day's stats. Did you know he's playing identical to how Xander Shoffley is playing this year? to start the season and Xander Shoffley is playing is, is priced at 10 K Jason day is 8,000. So you tell me I can save two grand in pricing and get basically an identical player. That's been playing arguably better say Questionably. Less. questionably. Uh, so I love Jason day at AK. Um, especially if you want to get off Tom Kim, the other guy I love is uh, Shane Lowry. He made the cut last week at Bay Hill. He, he doesn't usually make the cut at Bay Hill. And I kind of trash talked him last week. He now comes to the players where he's the best strokes gained approach player in the field on Pete Dye courses. 
Pete Dye makes like 95% of these TPC courses. I, I, again, if he's going to do really well on strokes gained approach this week, I'm all aboard it, especially if the wind and the weather starts to get weary on it. I'm just and get ready it. to see his ace on ESPN plus for the next like five days straight. Yeah, probably. And that, I'm sure that'll happen, but it's okay. I'm here for it. So yeah, Jason Day, Shane Lowry. Those are my two in this range. I like it. And then um, we'll jump down to the 7K Tommy Fleetwood 7,900. Pretty deep category, honestly, for 7K to yeah. Gary Woodland at uh, 7,000. There are landmines in this category, but I also think this is the category that's going to separate you winning, you know, $2 in a single entry or $200 in a single entry. Yeah, absolutely. This is a this is a really nerve wracking group. Um, you really got to kind of pick and choose your poisoned. I think anybody seventy five hundred or above has good opportunity to finish top ten. Um, I'm going to start off with Ricky Fowler. Boom. Um, he's been playing great recently. Again, him and Jason Day. It's it's. I love seeing both of them play well. It just makes me feel like golf. And he's is back. one here. And he's one here. Um, I think the course was set up a little differently when he won last time still and it gives a little bit of confidence. Yeah. It's still a confidence thing. That's always kind of beneficial. Um, Siwoo Kim again, I'm not, a, I'm, I told, I told you that course history was not the most important thing this week, but if you want to follow course history as well as Pete Dye history, as well as somebody that's good at approach and things like that, Siwoo kind of a cat encapsulates all of that. So he's kind of the best for, for all of those options, just so that way you're not entirely course history dependent. Um, so he's a good option in terms of 7,400. I don't hate the, the, the two guys there, Corey Connors and Keith Mitchell. Um, I think that they're kind of really boom bust in this, in this scene. You mean the uh, goat Keith Mitchell? Yeah. The goat Keith Mitchell. Uh, both of them are really long off the tee, obviously. And that's not needed at a course like this, uh, but it could definitely work out to their advantage. I don't hate, either of them but if i'm going down to this low 7k range there's only two names i want to see uh give me kh lee at 7200 because this is a tpc course and then give me ben griffin at 7100 ben griffin again i said the stat earlier he is with what nine other guys that he really probably shouldn't be in the same grouping with i mean rom finau xander rory cantlay sungjae Terrell Hatt and Tom Kim and then Ben Griffin. He doesn't, he shouldn't really fit in that mold, but he does. He's also made how many straight top forties he's made top 40 every week, except for the AT&T Pebble beach since the first week of November. So for a fifth or sixth guy, Hey, you're basically guaranteed a top 40 and he's $7,100. Pause for reassurance on that one, because that is a good pick right there. Yeah, I think this is a good category here. I have to keep going back to the well on Thomas Dietrich at 7,100. He's finished 24th, missed the cut at the Honda Classic due to illness. So I'm, if you take away that, 33, 37, 37, 26, and since the month of January, that's really good for a guy at 7,100. He's been a cut machine. I absolutely love him. Um, Andrew Putnam. He was like 11,000 in some events this year. He's sneakily quiet down here. Yep. Um, Taylor Montgomery, I'm going to go back to the well on this one. Outside of the waste management, he's finally coming back to that consistency golf. It's not going to be 20 under, so I'm looking out for him. Seamus Power is having a career year. I don't know what happened Saturday and Sunday at the Arnold Palmer. He was like 76, 78. Um, but Keegan Bradley has to be a guy you target. Top oh, 10 yeah. finish. He finished, uh, started with a 68, 271s and a 67, um, 7,500. He's really good. I also think Sahith Tagala is a dog. Um, he's risky, but if he hits, he, you look like a genius. Again, he's a little bit boom bust for me, but I understand he's this is the kind of play in the field that he could he could sneak out on. Yeah, 100%. I think he's super sneaky. He's been playing tremendous golf. You obviously have guys like Adam Scott that are probably aren't going to win, but probably going to make the cut and do well. Maverick McNeely is still dealing with a shoulder injury. He does not list him as questionable. His last two finishes were 134th and 144th. After a tremendous start of the season, I'd wait a week on him. Yeah, I'm I'm holding off on Mav. Give me, give me a couple of weeks. I mean, I don't think I'd bet him again until Masters probably. Um, yeah. just hold off until then, just to feel safe about it. Again, if you want to beat the curve, I'm sure Matt McNeely is going to be under on this on under on this week. So if you want to get different, he's definitely a guy you can go to. 
but there's going to be some risk just built in with that decision. Yeah. I also think Chris Kirk is going to be very under-owned this week. Yeah. Obviously, he's been having a tremendous tear, 39th and then the win. If you just take a look at the 2023 season, third, third, 67th, first, and 39th. He's been playing tremendous golf, and I think it goes under the radar when he doesn't win just because yeah. he's not obviously that marketable guy, for lack of a better term. So I think you watch out for him. Um, last comment I have is it is I, I literally, when I logged on to look at this, I could not believe Sam Burns was 7,800. I know he's finished outside the top 100 in his last two events, but it is wild to see a guy that caliber here. Yeah, it's 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 almost Justin Thomas like when you when you start forgetting about Justin Thomas and Sam Burns, that's when they pop off. I I looked at him at seventy eight hundred and I considered it. I think the only reason I couldn't get to him is because of Jason Day at eight thousand. Uh, but if you're you're like a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars short on your lineups and you really can't fit in Jason Day, I mean Sam Burns is probably the in my personal opinion, the best option at this top of the seven K range. And he's going to be so underowned because if you're a true golfer or a golf better, those last two weeks of a hundred plus, he's going to probably be under 10% owned. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that'll help him out too. Cause again, this is always a course that plays really well for parity. So if you're playing bad going into it, just play the players and you might turn it around and finish top 10. So casual. It's how it always goes here. I, I, I hate betting and I hate playing in this, in this kind of a tournament because it's always the most random things that happen in this type of a field. So you just kind of got to play it and, and hope that you get it right. All right, Jack. And with that, let's get into the six K range. How are we dumpster diving here? Well, this dumpster dive raccoon has a bunch of names down here that I think you can target with your five and six guys. So strap in, grab a snack and I'm going for it. Go for Will it. Gordon. Number one outside of 18 T and the Farmers Insurance Open, he has made a ton of cuts this year. He's 11 for 13, including a top 10, with a scoring average of just over 69. So if you're taking a look at a guy that's probably going to get you one to two under, that results in between four and eight under. That's a made cut in a big event, which is really good. Yep. I'm obviously going to side on Nick Hardy. That's my guy, even though he's not playing well. Kurt Kitayama just won. I don't really love him a lot this week, even though he just came off a win, which is really funny to say. Um, I also think he's going to be super, super, super owned. Um, I think Webb Simpson might also be a sneaky guy this week. He finished top 25 and three for three in his last three cuts. He looks good. Johnny Vegas looks really good. First finish is 56th um, since January, so that's really good. Um, Ryan Fox outside of the DP World Tour um, in the month of January, February, and March. His worst finish has been 65th, and that was in the World Tour. So he's playing really good, including three top 20 or last four events. Robbie Shelton, I've used him on a lot of our DFS picks. He has a golden retriever picture, which is awesome. He's a on cuts, but the last connection that he had um, with a missed cut was in January. So he's doing just fine. Um, Justin saw, I know you're probably going to talk about him. Yep. He's awesome. Yep. Uh, Davis Riley is a birdie machine, including a 29th and then an eighth place finish last week. Um, I'll keep going. Francisco Molinari he's four for eight on cuts, but this course fits his mold so freaking well that at 6,400, you might just, have... um, and then last but not least, you have to go down to a guy all the way at the bottom, which is just really, 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 really scary for me. Dylan Wu. Um, ever since the Amex where he finished 32nd, he's had one missed cut, a 48th, a 10th, and a 29th. So he's playing really good golf. Yeah, that was a lot of names in there. Um, I'm not going to go through them all. There's a few of the names I liked as well. Uh, Johnny Vegas, that was one that stuck out for me. Um, both I think both Webb Simpson and Emiliano Grillo, they might be popular this week in terms of DFS lineups. I don't know if I want to get to them. Uh, Webb Simpson does have decent course history here too. So I think he'll, that'll get him some more action. Um, uh, but again, I don't think I'm going to either of those, uh, 60, where's he at? 6,600 is Justin. Uh, again, the guys missed one cut and that was the AT&T Pebble beach pro-am since the middle of October. Um, uh, that was what the CJ cup or no, he missed the Shriners. So that's the first week of October. It was the cut he missed previously. Um, so I'm all aboard Justin stuff. You just want a made cut at 6,600. Um, we're going to scroll down. Davis Riley's a sneaky play 6,500. Jack kind of mentioned him. That's a, that's a tough one. I love, I don't hate Molinari either. Um, I'm, if I'm going down here though, give me some dumpster dive and opportunity. 
Uh, Eric Cole is not the worst idea of all time. Um, him or Dylan Wu are both good options. Again, he was good at the Honda Classic and then missed the cut at the API. So I think people are going to get a little weird about that and not play Eric Cole. Um, I don't hate Lucas Glover or Doug Gim. Uh, Doug Gim is just known because he won here in the past. He hasn't really played great at all this year. But again, you're at 6,100. You might just want to throw, you know, one somebody in the low 6K range in order to get a bunch of guys up top. Uh, and the last guy, this is also more so Jack's guy than my guy in general. But, uh, you know, give me Aaron Baddeley. Why not? Uh, don't hate him this week in terms of the fact that he made seven out of his 10 cuts so far this year. Um, and just in terms of options down here, he's got by far the highest upside to make a cut or at least to make a cut and finish in the top 40. Um, and it, for stone min of 6K, this really kind of gives you a good opportunity to really push three to four, nine to 10K guys into your DraftKings lineup and just stick somebody in the min and go from there. Yeah, I think a lot of these events that aren't going to be 24 under, I take a look at the guys that are really going to fit that bogey avoidance model. And I'm just looking at it. You see a guy at 6K who finished tied, or excuse me, top 35 last week. He finished one missed cut since like March, or excuse me, February, where he finished 37th at the AT&T. That's a yeah. good value pick at 6K. Yep. Yep. So are we getting into the DraftKings and FanDuel lineups? You know we are, and I'm going to start at DraftKings right away. So my DraftKings lineup is Scotty Shelfer at 10,600, Max Homa at 9,900, the surefire lock of Jason Day at 8K. I went risky, Sahith Thagala 7,600. I have Keegan Bradley at 7,500, and then I went for 6,400. I'm taking a flyer. Yeah, Francesco Molinari 6,400 will make for an interesting one for sure. Um, but I actually don't hate that lineup. It's a little bit more steady in terms of in terms of a DraftKings lineup, so it should work out well for you. Uh, for my DraftKings lineup, I went a little bit more uh, a little more a little more top heavy, but not absolute top heavy. Um, I'm starting with Max Homa at 9,900. Second, give me Colin Morikawa at 9,500. Third, give me Justin Thomas. Um, he's 9,400. I don't know why I have him listed differently. Uh, fourth, give me Jason Day at 8,000. Fifth, give me Ben Griffin at 7,100. And sixth, give me Aaron Baddeley at 6,000 stone men. I think I have five guys that have potential to get in the top 10. And then I just need a made cut out of Aaron Baddeley. That's really all I'm hoping for in this lineup. That's all you can ask for. And then my FanDuel lineup, Scotty Scheffler, 11,800. Max Homa, 10,600. Jason Day, 9,600. Can you sense a pattern? Terrell Hatton, 9,900. Keegan Bradley, 9,200. And then again, I'm trusting the gut on Sahitha Gala, 8,900. Again, another uh, another fairly steady kind of lineup. Uh, I think it'll I think it'll work out well for you this week. Uh, Thank you. I'm a little more worried about mine kind of looking through it now because, again, I went a little more top-heavy again. I almost uh, flipped Sahitha Gala with Taylor Montgomery for the record. Really? I, I thought about Monty this week, but I just – Again, he's a guy I need to see it from. He's on my Patrick Cantlay type list, mm. uh, especially after you know the hot start and then falling apart on me a couple of weeks in a row. Uh, my Fanduel lineup: I'm starting up top with Rory McIlroy at eleven thousand nine hundred. Uh, give me Colin Morikawa at eleven thousand four hundred. Give me Max Homa at ten thousand six hundred. Give me Jason Day at nine thousand six hundred. Give me KH Lee at eight thousand six hundred. And then give me Ben Griffin at 7,900. I have a few of those names that carried over in both lineups. Kind of tells you which guys specifically I really like. Well, if you have carryover, I went five for six on carryover. So I guess I like my guys pretty. I think I was four for six, right? Yeah, I have Homa, Morikawa, Jason Day, and Ben Griffin in, in both lineups. So pretty close. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. All right, you you and I both did a different number of bets this week because of the players. Uh I can't count it that high. Oh my gosh, what do you have? Eight? Nine? Eight. Almost Jeez. went 10, but I said, you know what? Max Homa, top 30, minus 134. Jason Day, top 30, minus 110. Xander Shoffley, top 30, minus 120. Taylor Montgomery making the cut, minus 150. Just needed a little bit of a bankroll builder there. Yep. Keegan Bradley, top 40, minus 120. Ricky Fowler, top 40, minus 105. 
Sung JM top 30 at minus 105, or excuse me, plus 105. And then Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, Scotty Scheffler top 20. Uh, him being minus 140 there, your last one, you kind of cut out part of the way through. Uh, but I'll I'll finish that off for you. That that that's a good one for sure. Um, I'm surprised you got him at 140. Again, he's like third best odds in all of the field. He's minus 165 right now. Is he minus 165? Yeah, so he's already been jumped up a little higher. Um, again, Jack's usually on top of these bets, knowing exactly what he's looking for and and knows how to get those numbers early before they're better. Ricky Fowler, there's no way he's minus 105 right now for top 140 or for top 40. I'm sure he's like probably minus 130 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he's currently plus 230 for top 20. So I honestly, it's, I know the field's loaded, but from how he's playing, I mean, you even take a look at Keegan Bradley, who just finished 10th and he's plus 200 for 20. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's Jack's eight. I'm going to get into my, I'm doing five bets this week. Uh, so we're going a little heavier as opposed to my normal three. We're trying something different. Um, I'm starting off hot out of the gate. It's going to be Shane Lowry, top 20, plus 240. Uh, second, give me Sung JM, top 30 for plus 105. Third, give me Colin Morikawa, top 20, plus 130. Fourth, give me Max Homa. Top 20 at plus 110. And fifth, give me Jason Day as the top Aussie at plus 140. So he's got to beat Harrison, Andy Cott, and is it Dylan Fratelli? Um, it's uh, for Australian, Adam Scott. Adam Scott, that's the other one, yes. Uh, but there's only a couple names he's got to beat. And I'm, I think really Adam Scott is the big one for me, as long as he gets past him, which – I'm hoping he does because he's in great Min form. Lee, I think, too. Minwoo Lee is, is playing under Australian flag? I think so, correct. Whoa. Okay, I didn't know that. But, all right, I'm still taking Jason Day. He's plus 140. Um, I like that a little bit better than the top 20 or top 30 odds. Cool. Then, uh, since you're at it, you got a bunch of wild cards. You might as well fire it out there. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing two wild cards, and then I'm doing my typical TPC wild card. Um, so I, my wild card picks, I give me Adam Scott top twenty at plus three fifty. Uh, give me Colin Morikawa and Jason Day both top ten at plus one thousand two hundred and fifty. And then give me KH Lee, aka TPC Lee, top twenty plus five hundred. Good luck on that one. Uh... Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why they're wild picks. That's why they're wild. I went with also a couple parlays myself. I went number one is Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, and Rory McIlroy top 20. That parlay is plus 650. Scotty Scheffler, I think, is a lock. Rory McIlroy, I think, needs this event just to get momentum going to the big swing in terms of some majors coming up. And I think Xander Shoffley just having that boring golf mentality. He's got a perfect swing. I think the injury is finally starting to meld. I can see them both getting, or all three of them getting top 20. Next one was a little bit risky. I had Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, and Keegan Bradley both to finish. Well, all three to finish top 20 at place 800. Rory McIlroy, much like I talked about, Justin Thomas, I think he's being slept on a little bit. And then Keegan Bradley is obviously a machine last week. So I like him. Yeah, again, I I, I didn't hate either of those parlays. Um, I think Xander's a little scary. So I almost like the Rory JT Keegan one um, at plus 800. But I understand what you were going for with it. And that's why they're wildcard picks. Um, are we going over winners? Because we we both got some hitters this week for winners picks. Uh, this is the week where I'd recommend if you are saving somebody, maybe don't use Rom or Rory or somebody you're trying to save for like Augusta or the Open, but um, throw a hitter for sure. Don't be afraid to 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 not wait. You know, waste somebody this week. This is an important week. You want to use somebody big. Yeah, I went number one is Justin Thomas. I think he's being slept on. Media is not covering him. He's finished great position. I think his game is starting to meld up. I think this is the one he finally takes it home. I think he gets a win. I think he gets a trophy here. We didn't talk about him as much because I don't think there's a lot to talk about. He's not number one in any category in terms of the PGA Tour. Yeah. But I think this is the week you don't have to be number one. You could be top 10 in everything and just capitalize. And then I took a little bit of a flyer. I went Cam Young. Okay. Great showing last week. I know we faded on him a little bit this year, but yeah. I think his ball striking is really, really good. If he can continue to get that fairway and green and that putter is as good as it was this week. I don't, I don't hate the fact that he might show out this week. Yeah. Cam Young is a, uh, is a risky one for sure. But again, it's a winner's pick for a reason. Um, he's either going to finish like T2 or T200 at this point, knowing Cam Young. 
Um, so I don't hate it. You just got to basically pick the right week with him. But Justin Thomas is a really good pick this week. Um, for my winner's picks, I'm I'm using them. I, I thought about saving them for the, uh, for the U.S. Open, but I'm using them this week. Give me Max Homa. Um, again, I think that this is, this is now Max Homa time. He's on demon time. He's on dad strength. He's on ball striking gorilla warfare mode. Give me Max Homa. I mean, gorilla warfare. mode. Yeah. He's just crushing everything in his path and and he's just playing amazing golf. Um, so I'm all aboard Max Homa this week and I have a really good feeling about it. My other guy's going to be Shane Lowry. Um, again, he made the cut last week when he probably shouldn't have that. Of course, he's normally not good at. And this is a course where he's really, really good at like all Pete Dye courses, um, especially with approach. And when the weather is going to get a little dicey, I got no problems thinking that Shane Lowry is going to play just fine. As long as it's not raining like it did at Honda last year, because then he'll fall apart. But outside of that, he'll be good. I'm going to trust you on that one. I like Shane Lowry. Again, you're going to see his hole in one at 17, probably 1,100 times this week. Yeah. But uh, watch out for another one. I think there's going to be a hole in one. I'm not sure. I'm sure there's odds for it. Um, let me go check really quickly because I I almost feel like there's going to be a hole in one. Yeah, it, there could be for sure. Um, My, in, ter- in terms of weather, guys, keep an eye out for the weather this week. This is a big weather dependent week. Um, looking initially, I've downloaded some of the surf apps based on Ponte Vedra Beach, which is what's closest to this course. Um, it looks like Thursday and Friday are going to be pretty mellow. Saturday is supposed to get gusty. Um, like 25-ish mile an hour winds, and then Sunday is supposed to be mellow again. So keep an eye on it. Uh, thank your your local weatherman again this week, just like you did last week. Yeah, I just found this fun bet that you can do if you think there's going to be a playoff. Hole in one and a playoff parlay is plus 500. Hell yeah, I'm here for it. Throw it in That's your wild awesome. pick, why not? Here, I got three, that way you can have a third. No, I'm okay, thank you though. All right, no worries then. Um, all right. Well, that's the players. I mean, this is the fifth major. It's coming. It's coming in hard. It's going to come in strong. And we got a wildly good field this week outside Pause. of <laughs> outside of what tiger tiger is probably the only one that's not in this field. Uh, yeah. I think about it. And, you know, I think I'm ready for major season. Once this happens, we have a couple events coming up and then we have major season and we are full swing. I am so freaking excited to get this started. Um, you know, next week is the Valspar, um, then Corrales, yep. final WGC match play championship in Austin, one week at the Valero, and then we're at Georgia. <laughs> Jack is foaming at the mouth currently, but uh, we'll leave you to it, everybody. Keep an eye out on the golf this week. Keep an eye out on the weather. Let's go out there. Let's win some money. Deuces. Deuces.